Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So last week on December 9th, there was a congressional hearing between uh, various members of Congress and the crypto uh, leaders as far as uh, CEOs from various companies and so forth. And they were asking questions and trying to really just educate Congress on their policymaking as to what really is going on in the industry, what these terms mean, what is actually going on, the implications and the benefits and the various risks that are towards the general population. And they were just trying to help to educate them on the whole process because through this whole thing, obviously we know, and I've mentioned it many times, that Congress is trying to regulate something that they don't even fully understand. If you ever watch one of those uh, congressional hearings when they're grilling uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook or any of the, the social media platform leaders, you can clearly understand they don't really understand the actual makeup of the internet, how things are going. So it's laughable to me when they're actually uh, making these statements about uh, crypto, Web3, the NFT space and all this stuff because they don't they honestly do not understand social media. So it, it how on earth can they possibly uh, regulate something that they don't understand? So one of the more interesting parts of the whole discussion, I thought, was between uh, North Carolina Representative Patrick McHenry and Brian Brooks, who's the CEO of Bitfury Group. And the questions that uh, uh, Representative McHenry was asking, uh, I thought were very relevant, very important, really distinct, and really helping uh, the panelists and the members of Congress to even understand the difference between uh, Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3. The entirety of the hearing was four hours, so I'm not going to go through four hours. What I'm just going to cut out is that one little section, which is about six minutes, and I think it just does a great breakdown. And I'll just dive in, give a little commentary afterwards, explaining how all of that ties into this whole NFT space. Mr. Brooks, let's step back from digital assets and blockchain for a moment. Let's talk about where the internet was, where it's come to, where it's going, right? We're trying to level set here for policymakers. So originally, the internet was a read-only format, in essence. We're consuming information. And then there's additional layers that we place on. It became much more interactive. But counterintuitively, much more interactive, but much more centralized in Web 1, Web 2. What we're hearing now is Web 3. Policymakers need to understand the nature of Web 3. This is a hearing about a component of Web 3. Now, along those lines, what are the characteristics that defined Web 1 and Web 2? Mr. McHenry, thank you very much for that question. I think that's critical to understanding what we're all trying to build here. <clears throat> so the characteristic of Web 1, if people remember their original AOL account, was an ability to look in a curated walled garden at a set of content that was not interactive but was presented to you on AOL the way that Time Magazine used to show you the articles they wanted you to see inside of their magazine. Just you could see it on a screen. The innovation of Web 2 was that suddenly you could not only read content, but you could also write content. This is when the blogosphere became a, a big thing. People remember this from the late 90s, the early 2000s. <clears throat> the reason for the centralization of the internet, of course, was that all of that activity was being monetized by a very small number of companies. Facebook, as the chairwoman, as chairwoman mentions, Google, and two or three other companies. What makes Web3 different is the ability to own the actual network. And that's what crypto assets themselves represent, is an ownership stake in an underlying network. So when you hear people talk about, for example, layer one tokens, 
What they mean is, this is your reward for providing the ledger maintenance services, the computing power to the network that on web one and two was done by Google. Right? So now people in my hometown of Pueblo, Colorado can actually own the Ethereum network, but they can't own the internet. That's owned by Google and a few other companies. That's what the project of crypto is all about, is allowing people to directly own the networks that are, have native assets that are supporting it, and that's the nature of decentralization, where the token holders are the people who control the asset, okay, not so the Google. Token holders, for, for our language here on the Hill, those are digital assets, right? Which are the keys to open up the ledger for you to participate, right? Correct. So describe to us how those digital assets fit into this internet revolution, Web3. So, so, so the concept is that you have sort of application layer tokens and you have protocol layer tokens. So if I'm an owner of Bitcoin, let's say that I'm a miner of Bitcoin, somebody who actually creates Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is the reward I receive for doing the work to keep the network operational. And that allows me to own a piece of the Bitcoin blockchain. Or take Ethereum, which is easier to understand. The Ether token represents an ownership stake in the network but on top of that network are all kinds of apps that get built on the network, much like the apps on your phone depend on the underlying network existing that lets the phone operate. And so people will make judgments about which network is likely to win, and they will invest in the tokens in that network much the same way you might invest in Google stock because you think Google is going to scale access to the original internet. The difference being here, you can vote on what happens in the future of a proof-of-stake network, for example. You can get rewarded through a proof-of-work token for maintaining a ledger on something like Bitcoin. But the real message here is that what happens on the decentralized internet is decided by the investors, versus what happens on the main internet is decided by Twitter, Facebook, Google, and a small number of other companies. Okay, so getting this, this layer of, on digital assets right, for Congress to understand this, Everything is built upon that uh, that uh, that uh, on ramp to this new internet. So very important for us to be sensitive to how this de develops and any actions we take in terms of uh, laws and, and updating laws to incorporate these new technologies. Yeah, yeah, Mr. McHenry couldn't agree more. And, and I think when you hear about all of the problems of different big tech companies, the importance of an owner-controlled network becomes clear. Okay, owner-controlled network rather than a cooperative, right? And, yes. and thinking in those terms, Absolutely. right? So if you're not a part of management, you're not making a decision in Web 2. If you are a participant in the network, you're, you're, making, uh, you're cooperating in the making of those decisions. Exactly right. Okay. So I ask this not to be insulting to the panel, but to have a level set here so we have an understanding of what we're talking about. This is not simply <clears throat> about you on this panel. It is about trillions of dollars of assets that did not exist before Satoshi wrote his white paper 13 years ago. It's about $3 trillion in, in notional value at this stage around the development of a whole new range, whole new suite of technology that will be developed across the globe, whether or not the United States embraces it and wants to compete or if it's pushed offshore. So as policymakers, we need to understand what we're talking about here. This is a small panel, important as you may be, a uh, small panel about the discussion about Web3. And so with that, Madam Chair, thank you uh, for having this hearing, and I hope that we can have more understanding by policymakers about these important concepts. Thank you, Mr. Brock. 
So yes, that was Brian Brooks, and he's the CEO of Bitfury, and I thought his answer was just great. I thought the questioning in that section was actually very good, but more so the answers. Very easy to understand, very straightforward, and I think it's very relevant to what we're doing in this NFT space in the sense that when he says that as the token holders, you're not only participating in the network, but you're also an owner of the network. And I think that also on a very micro scale in various NFT projects, you know, when you buy into these uh, communities and you're actually on it and it, whether or not you're in a DAO, they give you sort of a participation as to which direction the project goes. And a lot of this takes place on Discord and it might not be in a formal vote per se, but various holders of the NFTs do have input. And I think that is just a just a very distinct part of uh, Web3 and what's going on in this NFT space, because definitely in YouTube, YouTube, uh, land or social media land as far as Twitter or Facebook or any of them, you know, what? when you're a content creator or you're a consumer of that, all you can really do is consume, you can watch, you can participate and hit likes, but really you have no direction or no input into the content. I mean, sure, you can voice your opinion, but no one, whether it be the creator or the platform has to really care or listen to say uh, any extent as to what you think. So I think that is a very distinct part about Web3 and I think it's very cool. And if you watch the rest of the hearing, which I know it's extremely long, I'm probably one of the very few people who could stomach going through all of this because I just find it so interesting, what have you. But if you look in the show notes, I'll leave the links to the sections where Brian Brooks is answering to the questioning uh, by Congress. And I think that is just really cool. Like his input, his insight. I'm actually, I, I was not even very familiar with him before, but now definitely I'm going to have to go try to track him down on Twitter and uh, definitely follow him because the way he answered these questions, the way he just made everything sound so simple. I think it was just great as for uh, educating your friends or whoever it is might be in this space. If you just watch those segments that he actually breaks it down and explains it to Congress, because if you can get Congress to understand it, I'm pretty sure you can get any of your friends and family members to really understand this whole Web3 space and what is going on. And his sections that I'm going to just put the timestamps for if you want to skip through on the video on YouTube, I'll leave the link for that. And, you know, so you don't have to sit there and watch the full four hours. However, uh, various people that were in there, there were some great answers given. But, you know, I just put the highlight really on his segment. So I'd love to know what you're thinking, how you thought his answers were as far as this whole thing and uh, where we are on the ground floor of Web3 and with everything going on in this NFT space, how it really ties into everything, cryptocurrencies, Web3s, NFTs. I mean, it's all one big happy family over here and that not only are we uh, putting our money in and time into this space, but we're actually as members and participants in the community, we're helping to build it. So it's just exciting times and I'm happy to be on this journey with you as usual. I will see you in the next one. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.